It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. That's right. I am here with you, delighted to be spending my time talking sports, and we've got the team together. Let me introduce you to the roundtable of fellas that are going to be weighing in on sports today. Uh, he is a pastor, a former uh, chaplain for the Seattle Sounders, and all-around cool guy, Garrick Payne. Get ready to get that's right. We have with us. Wookie of the Year, Josh McMillan. Josh McMillan. Yes, we call him the Wookie of the Year. If you would, if he would ever get a camera, you would know exactly why. And then we have with us a new face. He is a regional manager for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He's an author. He's a sports writer. He is a speaker, a blogger, and a sports guy. Del Didway. Woo! I want that walk-off music. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Could be your walk-on song, man. Yeah, Come on. I like so, I like that. Welcome to the show today. Uh, Dell is also the author of some pretty amazing books that uh, flirt with the with uh, faith and with sports, and it's absolutely sensational. Sports Shorts is his latest one. It's a children's devotional. You have a bunch of players that have contributed to this book, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote it, but uh, I, I interviewed uh, a lot of big names for these books. And so I think some of the names you would recognize very easily. So, yeah, they didn't contribute. They just uh, partook in the interviews. Hey, well, that's that works for me. So we're going to be taking on some sports stories today. And, gentlemen, we've got to start with the NCAA Basketball Championship. We have been down to the sweet 16, right? Can you beat that? I love this time of year. I love this time of year. You can't beat some of the fun, the uh, players that put their heart on the line. We had uh, just this week lots of talent combined. The program has had something like 39 Final Fours and have won 17 national titles. Uh, This week we had... A four-seeded UCLA against eight-seed North Carolina. We had number three Purdue meet St. Pete's. Um, and unfortunately, we did see the Zags, the favored Zags. Those dogs got bit, guys. That was a big surprise. I mean, seriously. And a lot of us, Dell, are from Washington who weigh in here. So we were kind of pulling for the Zags. But what happened, guys? Hey, I get it. I mean, you guys are pulling those teams up there. I get it, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I don't really have a uh, quote-unquote team I'm pulling for. I, was kind of, I mean, I'm not a big Kentucky fan, but I have a book about about Kentucky, so I was hoping they would make a good run for my monetary reasons. But uh, they didn't. They got knocked out early as well. So. Garrick, you were well, you were watching the Zags I'm in, game. I'm in New York City right now. Well, I was in New York City last night. I'm driving to upstate New York um, for a meeting, but I was watching the game and I. I tuned in in the second half, and it was it was a fairly typical situation for the Zags. They're down a little bit at halftime, but then they just they ramp it up, they kick it in, and and they pull it back. And there there was some 
some really awful refereeing, I will say. Um, and you know how people always, they just blame the referees, but when a guy's foot is completely out of bounds and doesn't get called, and then, and then a guy is driving in later, Gonzaga's player was driving in, he was, he was fouled, he made the layup, and they don't count the bucket. Okay. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, and that's true. I, I, I will concede that. However, come on, they didn't play up to their potential. I don't know. That's my opinion, Josh. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I mean, they're a really good team. I think that they still could have won that game, and they they didn't. And yeah, there was some some rough things that happened there. But I concede that really. it kind of affects the way that people look at Gonzaga now. Like they are a good team. They're in the top 16, you know, the sweet 16 every year, but man, to again, be knocked out before the elite eight, that is, that's rough. And that's a a script that they're going to need to work on flipping. Yeah, indeed. Any other thoughts as we get down to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and then the actual final down there in Narlins, my birth town? Oh, no kidding. No, I didn't know that. That's awesome. That's, That's right. a great city. I think, and I'm not rooting for this particular scenario, but I think it's setting up for sentimental reasons with Coach K. I think the stage is being huh. set. Yeah. And Del, we've often talked on this show about how much we really, this is one of the most exciting sports times of the year. If you're and, and basketball, isn't my number one sport, but I do not miss March madness. It's, it's fascinating. It's fun. It is everything that sports really should be. Uh, we we're not having to be indulged in a lot of extracurricular politics. It's just good old fashioned sports. Your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we just happened to come off a, a great NFL uh, postseason, obviously, which everything was really every game come down to the last play. So I think that transcended and a lot of folks like that. And I think it's carried over to March Madness. March Madness is always, as I agree with you, it's one of the best times of the year as far as sports because it's pure sports. Heck yes. Now speaking, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Garrett. Oh, I want to hear you weigh in. I don't know if you have been bitten by this bug but my nephew was recommending it highly because it's soccer related but since our last show last week i started watching ted lasso uh it's it's an apple tv original and it's about this american football coach who gets hired to coach a premier league soccer team and an english football team and I will tell you, I have fallen in love with that. But he referred to the FA Cup as March Madness in the middle of the season. Because, (laughs) and and so this is part of why, in answer to your question, why I love March Madness in this time of the year, because soccer is heating up. But with March Madness, you get, you know, 64 teams in there that you just, some of them are, less heard of and kind of obscure Mm -hmm. but everybody has the opportunity to be the david you know playing against a top seed goliath (laughs) yeah and so it's it's exciting and but the the english fa cup is like that but it happens throughout the the whole soccer season um and ends in in may and so we're getting down to that but uh but anyway ted lasso refers to the whole uh FA Cup and makes a comparison with March Madness. I, I love that. 
Go ahead, Dale. Have, have, have you seen Ted Lasso, either of you? I have or not. Any of you? Nope. Okay. Now, there's a bit of language, so, and, you know, it's, it's a modern day show, so you got to put up with what those things bring. But I will tell you, as far as life and just uh, real life stuff and relationships, it is, it's a brilliant, beautiful show. So I highly recommend Take it. that under consideration. We might have to do a little more review on that. Uh, speaking of college, guys, Adidas has announced a name and uh, image likeness opportunity for college athletes at schools that partner with the company. And I'm interested in talking about that. I know, Josh, you've weighed in a lot at some of the deplorable conditions of these kids who play their heart out but they can't you know they they can't buy themselves a pizza to eat or or pay for for pens for schooling right and that's difficult uh, there are colleges that are making bank on the backs of these students so I can see this happening, but I'm really interested today in asking you guys how you think that's going to affect um, sports in general. I mean, if we have Adidas that's putting, they, there's like 50,000 athletes in 109 schools that are going to be affected. And these eligible athletes will have the opportunity to earn a percentage of sales that they drive to like the, the dot com or the app. So with all that money coming in, are schools going to have a greater ability to recruit better athletes because, you know, they can make money while going to school? How is this going to work, Dell? Well, I guess my, my, you're asking my opinion. Yes, so I, hope, I am asking I your uh, opinion. I, I don't I don't like it. Uh, I, and I've, I've covered college basketball off and on. And, and I see the I mean, I see both ways. I really sure, can't sure. can see it. But at the same time, some of these colleges, the majority of them, these kids, uh, they're given, most of them are given free college, free, free education. So that's a, that's worth a lot in itself. That's worth 200, you know, $300,000 in itself. I've covered final fours and I've covered other major events. Some of these players, you know, they're either one extreme or the other. They're either treated really well. Or they're, or they're, you know, or they're scraping by. So I do see it. I know some of the college players that play at that elite level, man, they have everything they want. Uh, they're when they go to the mm. final four, the swag they get, uh -huh. uh, the, okay. where they stay, they're not hurting for anything there. So they don't have a, they don't have any needs really, but some of these smaller schools. Yeah. I just don't like pumping money into, into players because that will hurt recruiting. Whoever has the most bucks, can get the bigger players. Yeah, and, so and that's a true that. story. We cannot negate that. But then again, man, this is a multi, multi, multi-million dollar. It's an industry. Um, and with, in, in my opinion, with tuitions going through the flipping roof, uh, some of that money should offset tuitions. If, if athletes get free tuition, I think everybody else should benefit as well because the people who ideally go to schools uh, are supposed to benefit society now if they're learning if all they're doing is learning how social justice uh, can work in their favor and they can indoctrinate the next generation with uh, with hate speech all right maybe you got an argument there but josh this has been something you've been passionate about what are your thoughts yeah, well, I'm one of my big things, like the biggest thing to me is them not being able to monetize their name and image and likeness, not being able to get 
sponsorships, things like that. Uh, the big story that I remember was uh, with football, actually. There was a kicker who was, you know, a college kicker and was making YouTube videos about kicking. And his videos got big enough that he was able to monetize it. And they told him he had to shut it down or quit football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, make forcing him to make that decision, which I think is ridiculous and unfair. Because um, he's making paying, a difference. I, yeah. I am in favor of them paying. And uh, Dell, I would I would argue that they the big schools already are essentially paying. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. uh, why, why not just put it above board? Uh, instead of you know in what we give them and what we slide them here and there and you know put put it all above board and pay it and you could if you do put it above board i would argue put a structure around it you know uh, similar to like a salary capped league you know you can only spend this much per player you know to make sure that you're not giving these big schools huge advantages hmm. okay so, and, and on, yeah. on top of that garrick we've also talked uh, about uh putting protections in place maybe they don't get their funds until they graduate or they meet a certain criteria i don't know you're what would you say yeah i i'm very mixed on this i I, i'd probably like to do a little bit more research in terms of just finding out what exactly is being proposed i will tell you that i have lost respect in the last few weeks with the decision-making processes of the NCAA in terms of... Okay, you don't even have to have to go down that road. You just you yeah, just run right. over ev- pretty much everybody listening and those who you haven't, well, they've already canceled this program anyway. And that gets into another issue that we wanted to talk about. Um, did, did you know, and you may have known this, I'll, I'll put up a story on the screen that, uh, yeah, there we go. Governor yeah. DeSantis issued a proclamation Tuesday. And they na- he named a uh, Virginia swimmer and Florida native Emma Wayant. Is that how you say her name, guys? Uh, she's as. Yeah, there you go. The rightful winner of the NCAA championships, 500 freestyle. And I say good for him. Um, Also, Arizona passed a bill banning transgender athletes in women's sports, gender reassignment surgery for minors. And it's it's now in uh, Governor Doug Ducey's hands, who's a Republican governor. But there have been some uh, it's this isn't a Republican issue because there's been some governors who have said, no, nope, no, nope, that, you know, we're, we're staying away from this. It's too hot of an issue. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner has weighed in saying that the that trans swimmer Leah Thompson is not the rightful winner of the NCAA title. Uh, they came against uh, Caitlyn and Caitlyn said, hey, I have the balls essentially to stand up for women in sports this is a big deal so uh garrick yeah you led us right into the next topic boom it's true the ncaa what are what are they doing well and and i get wanting to um to to affirm people and people need to be loved and affirmed yes they do should feel that way Thank but you for saying that. You were right is, on. Is that when, when helping some hurt others, then you have to really weigh up the uh, big picture in terms of actually so what's being done. May I just intervene here with something we mention on pretty much every program? Check 
your worldview. If your worldview uh, loves people and affirms people, but isn't afraid to say, hey, maybe there's a better way. Uh, Hey, maybe God has something better for you. If your worldview discriminates and hates some people uh, while you're trying to affirm other people, then it may be out of balance. And hey, that goes for Christians too. Don't think that I'm letting you off the hook because sometimes you got your worldview a little bit wonky. Um, Del, Josh, you guys, either of you want to weigh in on this puppy? Woof. Go ahead, Josh. Then I'll join in afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's something we've definitely weighed in on a lot on. I mean, there's physiological reasons that uh, men, on average, are going to be better athletes at the, high, at, a, at the highest level uh, in particular. You know, average you and me that maybe not, but you know, at the highest level, there are reasons, you know, different lung capacity, uh, different cardiovascular capacity, Mm -hmm. like there's reasons there. And so it's hard. And I saw someone made this comment on Twitter that within a year, we have seen the rise and in some ways death of, of, or not in a year, within Mm. a generation, the rise and death of women's sports. Wow. Well put. Becoming a thing and becoming a national thing. And then suddenly now it's muddied and now it's you know people men are participating in the women's sports and winning and doing really well uh it's something we really you know maybe we have a league where people can do that or maybe we have a different bracket or maybe we figure something else out but it seems a real shame to take women's sports from just barely in its infancy, just barely growing. We're still trying to, you know, the WNBA is trying to grow and trying to get more people in there. What if like LeBron James decided he's trans and went and decided to just <laughs> dominate that league? You know? yeah. There's things like that. Well, and that and I, that's where I think it, it needs to, in order for this to actually be addressed properly, because until it hits them where it hurts, and, and there's probably no more outspoken league in the professional ranks than the WNBA. So if a male player wow. would come over after, you know, transitioning, if you will, and plays as a female player, dominates the entire league, completely uh, skews everything, or, or multiple players do that, then I think they will start to cry foul. But so you think then it will then, wake up the woke? Yeah, it's kind of like the issue with homelessness. Well, if you've got homeless people on your front lawn, right, and most of our politicians don't have homeless people on their front lawn, so they don't pass legislation that affects it because it doesn't affect them. Well put. Del? I jump in? Yeah, I, I, I just jump don't away. Like look how look how polite he is, guys. Yeah, we're not yeah. used well, to this. A, <laughs> What's going we're on? A, here? He's we're a, a Midwest over here. So anyway, <laughs> um, I don't I don't like this, this scenario. This has been going on for a long time. I mean, you go back to Billie Jean King days. You go back uh-huh. to when uh, Michelle Wee tried to play on the men's circuit. But you know, was was that's so it's been always been going on to, to this effect. So now we have a, a, a man who didn't do very well competing against men, so he wants to compete against women. So I just I think uh, the NCAA is NCAA has allowed this. They're they're the reason this is going on because mm-hmm. they won't they won't uh, modify the rules or anything. So that's what Caitlyn Jenner says. Hey, it's not you know it's not Leah. It's the NCAA. So they're allowing it to happen. And I think that's the 
that's the crutch there. Nobody's ever going to change it because they're going to, if they change it, what's going to happen? The woke crowd is going to come and burn down the university. <laughs> well, the woke crowd's going to, yeah, yeah. They, they are, they're going to destroy it. Because if they don't agree, if you do something they don't agree with, they just try to get rid of you. They don't try to reason. They don't try to debate. It's go up in flames. And as much as, as much so, as I'd like to, to say, and I do agree with you on that, I don't blame them. They're, they're passionate about their point of view. It's their jihad, right. okay? You know who I blame? I blame those of us who know better, who have sat back and let the lunatics take over the asylum. And I'm even going to ha- maybe offend some people because Caitlyn Jenner is kind of a darling of the right wing. And Caitlyn is absolutely right that trans swimmer Leah Thompson is not the rightful winner. Good for you for standing right. up. But but Caitlyn Jenner also won, what was it, Times Woman of the Year. Uh, the first year she, she he transitioned, you know, uh, displacing other women who have worked hard and fought hard. I mean, feminists will say, you know, it's a man's world out there and and male toxicity. And yet uh, a man can be woman of the year. A man can displace women. Not okay. Not okay. Another issue that I wanted to bring on, uh, interestingly enough, as we've talked about uh, men transitioning to women. If you remember, you remember Fallon Fox and that, that that famous fight with I think it was Erica Newsom, where this biological male in the MMA broke this woman's skull, and has been called the bravest athlete in history. I think we have our priorities mixed up. Men, you're stronger. You, It's as though God's programmed you with a protective. I mean, Joshua is probably the most protective person I have ever, ever met. You know, the, it's like this program to be a protector, and yet you're brave for beating the heck out of a woman. And so I think we've gotten brave mixed up. And I wanted to ask that concerning another story. On Wednesday, after her first round win in Miami, Naomi Osaka had spoken with the press about the Indian Wells heckler incident. She was so broken up about that. The heckler who said, you suck. And she she couldn't finish. She just couldn't. It, it, it overwhelmed her. And she she likened it to an incident incident at the same tournament in 2001 when the Williams sisters were pretty unjustly booed right well now she said it's okay i'm getting i'm getting therapy it, and people are saying she's brave now i know mental health and the pressures of high level sports can be difficult and i love that there's attention being brought to it but there's an element of snowflakery instead of stone bravery in this guys your thoughts don't well, okay no get garrett go ahead go ahead you piped in. You won. I competed at, sorry, at a relatively high level, uh, kind of semi-professional level soccer. Um, you, you, you're going to get people calling you names, telling you stuff, and sometimes it's your own teammate, right? <laughs> and so, or your own family. So if you if you cannot deal with that, then don't try and compete at the top level. That's that's my attitude. It's like, you know, and, and you're right, Michelle, I think mental health is important and it's good to raise awareness. And, and, but if you are going to be a top level athlete, then that's something that you just need to deal with. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, hey, it happens in every field. Uh, Dell, you're a writer. You're an outspoken guy. I'm sure you've been canceled a few times. Hey, by the way, thank you, Daily Motion. I've been removed from your platform for this very, the, the topic we were just talking about. So, you know, maybe I need to uh, give Naomi a call and see who her therapist is. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations on that. That's a, that's a badge of honor, actually. So um, I, I'm going to quote one of the authors I that I represent who has this book out about anxiety. It's, it's just suck it up, buttercup. I mean, good golly. <laughs> if, if you can't take that, I've been called whole. I've been <laughs> I've been cussed out. I've been told off. And you know what? You just keep going. You, you just can't let that. Somebody yelled, you suck, affect you. Again, as as, as what he was saying earlier, if you cannot take that at, at that level, you know, what's going to happen to you down the road, you know, mm -hmm. because I've covered events, golf events and PGA events where, you know, hecklers can be pretty, uh, can be pretty dominant and they can be pretty ruthless. That's like going in you know, and getting bullied at, at, uh, at, uh, uh, kindergarten. I mean, it's going to happen. You got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And Josh in our world with, I think the rise of social media, people behave ways they would never have behaved before, right? I, I remember someone saying something nasty to me and then saying, uh, writing it and then writing back, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was you, Michelle, or I never would have said that. I'm like, what? why would you say these things anyway? Then, because we've gotten used to it, Josh, I think we've taken it to the next level and, and we've been in lockdown, we've been... Uh, socially isolated we don't know how to behave with other humans anymore are you there josh he's muted he doesn't know how to behave with humans anymore yeah, yeah there you are welcome back i was never a big human fan um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but no i agree i mean gosh even at any level of sport or any level of any competition you're gonna you're going to take criticism, even if it's unwarranted, even if it's just someone trying to get in your head, you know, and like, I, I, not that I'm trying to keep anyone from competing or being able to play or not to say that, like, you know, people should act better, but like, people aren't going to act better. You know, people are people. We can't control the way society acts as a whole as much as we might try as much as we think that it's something that we can do. You know, like I, I love the idea of uh, treat teach your sons to respect women as an example, right? That's that's great. But I when we say don't, you shouldn't have to teach your daughters, you know, not to dress a certain way to attract a certain type of attention. Like, yeah, I agree, you shouldn't have to, but you do because you can't form society to always do it this way or always do it that way. It's Says the father of two very young girls, huh? <laughs> well, and, yes, it's yes. Just not how the world works. Yeah, and I differentiate, you know, and and I I had mentioned when you play at the top level in in sports, you have to kind of expect some of that. And so, uh, Dell, you brought up, you know, being in kindergarten and you know getting called names and things like that. You're right, that type of thing happens too. Now, I would say that there should be common uh, a common sense of decorum in places like schools. Right. And yeah. and people should not be allowed to call people names or use derogatory terms or things like that. But if you're if you are going to put yourself on that that special stage of being a top level athlete, you need to, you do need to thicken your skin and get used to it 
Okay, let's take it from another point of view, though. Can we have some things in place to help people to behave when they're in the stands? I mean, they're, I'm not excusing this person's behavior. And if we want to use Mexico as an example, some of the foulest fans on the planet, I mean, there have been injuries, deaths yeah. <laughs> because of fans. And just at last night's uh, U.S. Men's National Team Mexico match, during our national anthem they're freaking blue booing oh yeah come on you want to rumble bring it on don't mess with my anthem but this i mean it's it's inconceivable but it's not just mexico and of course at times uh, th- that's okay but according to you know they they let that go on but then they have uh, racial slurs or homophobic slurs that should stop the game you know and fine do stop the game here in seattle though as you're a soccer fan as as well garrick and you've seen it in our own stadium where the seattle sounders play made our major league uh, soccer team uh, the supporters section when the other team comes out turns their back to to them and puts their middle fingers up in the air classless absolutely classless go down to portland when we play down there you'll see three minutes of uh seattle and they put the rest of that word in so somewhere along the lines uh i don't know how this happened we started show i mean in one regard we start showing disrespect uh, at the national anthem and the american flag and that's okay so we can show disrespect in other areas where does it stop dell and how do we how do we get a handle on this i don't think you i don't think you can and i'm not being a, a pessimist or anything but i've seen it over the years too it, it's been going on since since i played way back in the stone age i mean i remember sitting on a on a team bus and we just knocked off a, a this team and we're sitting on our bus getting ready to go home and we had rocks thrown at our thrown through our windshields all right, on a bus what this was back the? in the 80s right so it's happened then and we had i was coaching a uh, travel team um uh, in in basketball for aau and we were down in the hills of, of west virginia and we had to have the the cops come and they had to escort every fan out of that gym because we were getting things things thrown at us because we were winning so it, it's it's a shame that people are emboldened to do these things because there are no consequences. Mm-hmm. So I think what what are they going to do? Have to escort everybody out? That's not going to happen. No, of but, course it's not going to happen because then they won't make money, and right. you know, and and we can't support sports. But somewhere in in the mess of it, we have gotten someplace really ugly, and we've allowed it to be not just the exception, but kind of the norm. And then we live with it, and we expose our kids to it when we take them to games. Your worldview is messed up if you think that's okay. Sorry to say it. I want to move into soccer since I mentioned it. U.S. Men's so National. Can I say just one other thing on that? Pastor, preach, preach on it. it preach on it. And you, you refer to me as pastor, and I think it's appropriate too. Because I, I really believe that it needs to start at home. I mean, how we okay. as parents treat our children, how we, and I mean, I'm sitting next to my son. He's in the car with me. Let's um, see you wave. Hello. And, and he was, he's watching a movie. Uh, <laughs> give us a wave, Jacob. <laughs> but he was talking about, we were talking about driving in New York. And, and he said that he caught from me, I never told him that he needs to do this, but he does it all the time. 
when someone lets him in driving, when he's driving, he just waves a quick thank you. He says, I always saw you do that, so I always do that. Yeah, there you and, go. And I think this is a perfect example of those last two topics that we were talking about, how you treat others, um, how you conduct yourself, and and the things that, that uh, we need to put people into places who who understand respect and how to treat one another and see the big picture. Amen, Pastor. That'll Great. preach. Uh, just real quick, U.S. Men's National Team, it is absolute crunch time. They had a tie nil-nil over uh, with Mexico, but the good news is that we've shut out Mexico this year, which is fabulous as you watch the rise of soccer in America. So uh, this is... a part of the that, that was part of the final three for qualification games for the 2022 world cup our first return since like 2014 that was em- embarrassing uh, after that so good luck usa looking forward to I, I'm, I'm hoping we do well um a cup to just two other things before we get to the end of the program. We have to talk a little NFL and we have to talk a little major league baseball. Josh loves to weigh in on that. Yeah. My, oh my, it's time to do a little baseball. Spring has sprung, the bats are flying, and Josh is biting at the bit. Josh, now before, let me set the stage. Josh loves to talk Major League Baseball. It's his sport, man. He knows it in and out. But he's been giving our listeners and viewers something to look forward to. The Seattle Mariners have become America's underdog team. They have had the longest dry spell of going to the playoffs than any major league team in America, whatever sport that may be, right? And so people are now saying, well, you know, the Mariners are my unofficial, at least second favorite team, and they're following you every week, Josh. Weigh in on Major League Baseball and and add a little Mariner flavor. Yeah, well, here we are. We're getting close to the end of spring training. Games are coming up here soon. And man, am I excited. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my my daughter was born last year on opening day, April 1st, and I got to see the Mariners win their opening day game just about an hour or so after she was born, which was pretty, pretty great. Um, so I plan on once we have regular seasons that start on time, taking her to those games for her birthday. But uh, yeah, man. What a what a weird offseason this is. I'm so glad that we have baseball back. So glad Josh, that, I'm you know, I'm, I'm gonna stop you real quick. I'm gonna stop you real quick. Dell, I know you may have a time uh some time things going on. If you do, just let us know. That's okay. We wanna be thoughtful of you. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, I'm ex- just saying I'm excited to have baseball back, excited that you know we have spring training. It's been so great to be able to listen to these games and hear what's going on. But what a weird offseason it's made for, huh? I mean, we haven't talked about like Adam (laughs) Frazier, who was added to the Mariners, what feels like years ago. And suddenly we're picking everything back up and people are making trades and some big trades out there. Big uh, trades for the Mariners, obviously, with Winkler Winkler and Suarez, but some big name free agents signing for what I thought was way more money than they were going to go for. Trevor Story, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, big surprise uh, going to Minnesota on a mercenary deal. Although if you follow it closely, it's 
it's not too big a surprise. His agent, that he left his agent, went to Scott Boris, the infamous Scott Boris agent in the baseball world. And the deal was whatever deal he signed, his previous agent gets 90% of it. So obviously he doesn't sign a six-year deal for a lot of money. He signs a, a three-year deal with opt-outs after the first year. Wow. Uh, I wonder who architected that. I'm I in the wrong you know, business. You guys no go idea. ahead and take over the show. I'm going to go be an agent. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, what a what – a, yeah, right? So he gets 90% of one year now instead of the six-plus years he was expected to sign for. So not a whole lot of surprise there after you look into those details. Uh, but on the Mariners front, man, uh, it's, it's been a good spring training so far. I mean, the bats are still, still working on it, but you have guys like Logan Gilbert who pitched yesterday. He debuted last year as a rookie and he's looking really good. He already has an A plus fastball and he has reworked all of his off speed pitches, his slider, uh, his curveballs change up. They're all all different now, and they're all coming out. So of you the same have some slot. some high uh, hopes then for for uh, pitching for the Seattle Mariners. Do you do you think yeah. they're gonna do you think they're gonna have a kind of a run at it this year, or are, are they still in that building phase? I think they're absolutely going to be competitive. Uh, Logan Gilbert was talking close about, he last was working year. with Jacob Degrom, one of the best pitchers in baseball, who went to Stetson, the same school as him. Uh, we have a lot of young talent coming up. Matt Brash looks to be the presumptive fifth starter for this team. Pitching-wise, I feel really good about where this team is at. Uh, and bat-wise, awesome. man, it's hard to see a place where you have just a glaring weakness. You know, in the outfield, maybe you'd say center field defense, depending yeah. on if Jared Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez can can fill that. But you have four outfielders that are uh, that either are all-star level or should soon be all-star level. Mitch Hanniger, Winkler is largely been a long time. the best left fielder in baseball. You have Jared Kelnick and Julio playing out there who are, you know, top pop prospects in baseball. Julio is going to be a star. I'm telling you right now. Oh my gosh. He hit a home run the other day in spring training. Yeah. That, um, I think the leather came off the baseball as it, <laughs> as it went out. I mean, his oh, bat, do you know what that he, rem- he, We talk about the sound of a bat. It reminds yeah. me of Nelson Cruz, the good old boomstick Nelson Cruz. <laughs> it was impressive. So Do you know what that I, reminds me of? This team, yeah. I don't know if this is before your time, Josh, but uh, uh, Randy Johnson pitched a ball and hit a oh. and killed a dove, killed no, a bird. I, I remember right? seeing that on TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, yeah, I need to pull that up sometime. Uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, this was kind of interesting. You know, Trevor Story uh, signed a Sox deal, but vaccination status nearly derailed mm-hmm. that deal. Uh, he agreed to this multi-year pack Sunday, and yet there were concerns because he didn't want the vaccine. Now, what's going on there where you're actually at, Garrick? Uh, they have made an, a new ruling where uh, you where they've dropped these vaccine mandates. So Yankees and Mets players can play in home games if they're not vaccinated, but Canada is still back on the, oh, you've got to be vaccinated. We don't know what this unnatural immunity thing is. Uh, you know, never heard of that, right? And I, what I'm really concerned about, guys, there, there's been so much in the last, uh, fine, if you, you want to do vaccines because you're scared right away, there's been so much, though, in the last uh, year on natural immunity, mm-hmm. on vaccine inefficacy. And is anyone concerned about the health and well-being in the future of our athletes? Because 
I just we'll just talk about one of the latest studies. Robert Verkirk, who's a PhD and founder of Alliance for Natural Health International, is did a is citing a study and exploring the links between uh, these vaccines, HIV, and immune deficiency. What does that mean? That means that repeated COVID vaccines may impair the immune system's natural ability to fight disease. So we're forcing these athletes to take something that might have a negative effect later. This is scary. Is anyone else worried about this? Or is this? Well, I mean, I will say this one thing about it. Uh, This was one instance where I was okay with vaccine mandates because it almost got Trevor Story to be a Mariner. Um, they offered him a similar deal and it was almost derailed so you know in this case i was i was i was a little more okay with it uh selfishly but yeah it ended up getting figured out that's funny he gets to go over and be there all right that's funny well well, they're they they are uh, so the mayor of new york because i i was in the city yesterday i was watching the local news and and he has now come down because what was happening was is there was this inequity because visiting players were allowed to play in Madison Square Garden, but if you were a home player, you couldn't. And so it was like, all right. Like a lot of the rulings on this thing, it doesn't make sense. Well, the problem is that there is inconsistency. And, and, And now they've come out with this, but how about all the people who were let go from their jobs. Now they're saying, it's fine, you can play, you're unvaccinated. Now, are they gonna bring back all the people who were terminated from their jobs because of the fact, so so they have all these rules for these elite professional athletes, which is okay, but it's like, okay, how about everybody else? How about the rest of us? Okay, and good so question, Del. I'm, I'm uh, a little impassioned today because I've been in New York City and so, I'm, <laughs> You're living it. You're living it. Adele, you were at the Super Bowl and you saw that inequity. Who were the people who were wearing masks? Man, I've got a great story. This will take long, but we had to give everything we had to uh, our blood samples or whatever to mail them out (laughs) to get credentials. And when we get there, uh, they didn't check anything. They didn't check us for anything, even though we had to send that. Cause I had to get a letter from my doctor cause I didn't get the booster cause I almost died from the first vaccine. So I had to, my, my cardiologist said, you're not getting the booster. So I had to go through all these hoops. Right. So we're at, we're at the Bengals media day out in UCLA. We're going through this funnel to get through, through, through security. And you're talking to folks, right? You get to know folks and talk to them. Hey, where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And so when I left Columbus, Ohio to go to the game, we had like two inches of snow on the ground. It was like 15 degrees, which is normal. And a gentleman sitting next to me, very nice guy, said, oh, so, you know, it was snowing back there? I said, yeah, it was snowing and it was cold. He said, don't you love this weather? And it was a beautiful day. I said, uh, and I said, yeah, it's great here. He said, wouldn't you want to live here? And I went, not, not really, no. And he goes, really, why? And so he asked me. So I told him, right? I said, I wouldn't want to live under this regime. And I was being nice. I wasn't being a jerk. I said, I wouldn't want to live here. Uh, under this regime and he says so what do you mean by regime and he was he was inquisitive he wasn't slamming me he says what do you mean by regime and i said well i was i had to show a vaccination card to eat breakfast this morning i had to step over people i had to be told i had to wear a mask and and i went down this gamut because he asked me and he said so you cover the Bengals?" i said yeah i said so what do you do this is what he said i work for the mayor's office (laughs) I said, no kidding. I said, where's your mask? 
Oh, he wanted to wear a mask. He didn't oh. have one. And and I said, can we get a picture together? I said, are you going to hold your breath? Oh, and he laughed like you did. He says, I had that coming. I said, <laughs> you, I said, you're working for a hypocrite. And so we went to the game. They didn't check us going through security for anything. Didn't take our temperature or nothing. Come on through. No mask. They didn't care. They didn't care because the celebrities weren't wearing them. The only folks wearing the mask at the game, and I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-being told to wear a mask. Uh, the, the only people wearing masks were the people working the event, and they were miserable because everybody yeah. else didn't wear them. I didn't wear it. Didn't have to. Didn't They didn't care. Yeah, and that's that's what it comes down to, that inequity, and that's what we need to take on. I'm glad we're talking about it here because it's not being discussed out there. Final topic before we get to the end of the program is the NFL, where there's a little bit of a quarterback shuffle. We got a brand new style, y'all. One of the most dizzying quarterback shuffles in freaking league history. We have Russell Wilson going to Denver. And by the way, have you seen that new hashtag? Hashtag I blame Yoko. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm just going to let that linger for a second. Okay. So anyway, (laughs) Drew. I blame the death of Harambe. That's. (laughs) <laughs> when all this started oh there you go uh, drew lock uh colts traded to win uh, traded wince to washington math ryan from falcons and browns have their hands full with deshaun watson who a grand jury is considering uh, another charge against him so it never ends uh, jimmy garoppolo baker mayfield have yet to find takers on them and uh colin kaepernick has been seen in Washington State at the University of Washington working out uh, might be a good political fit for the woke city of Seattle. But I don't, as we've talked about in past sports time now, yeah, no, he's, he's just, he's not game ready and he's inconsistent. But man, guys, as we get closer to, uh, to to more happenings with the NFL and the draft. Uh, this quarterback thing has been a, a really entertaining. Yeah, I think we're going to be happy here in Cincinnati for a while with, with Burrow. I think ah, shush. But, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, poor Baker, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He may just stick around because you never know with this grand jury with Watson. Who knows if that'll play oh, out? Oh, well, Baker may yeah. be saying, hey, maybe I'll have a place after all. So uh, well, it, it, it is very entertaining. Hey, he might end up being a Seahawk. You don't, you know, you never know. I think um, that'd be a good fit. Why not? And I think that or Garoppolo. The, the Browns are an awfully run organization. Just absolutely terrible because they, they do all this. And then they also sign Marcus Mariota to be the backup and maybe even the starter in case nothing happens. And now they're like, they've gone back and forth so many times on Baker Mayfield and what they're going to do there. Yeah. You know, they said that like, Hey, yeah, he's not our guy. He's immature, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then they're like, no, actually, he has value and we want to trade him. And now it's, they've. Yeah. D- did I call it dizzy? Yes. To Deshaun Watson and all of this money to Marcus Mariota. And mm-hmm. they still owe something like $18 million to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be fun From to Harold. see. I think the it might be fun seasons. to see him. Go ahead. Go ahead. The past two seasons, they had Case Keenan there. Case Keenan was a good quarterback. And but he would, I thought he played better than Baker. I didn't really care either way. 
I thought he was better than Baker Mayfield, but Baker Mayfield got the got the starting gig, and I thought Case Keenum is not a bad quarterback. I, I almost think it'd be fun to watch Baker uh, Baker Mayfield uh, move in to uh, Lumen Field Stadium there, and then he can set up shop there like he does in the commercials. At any yeah. rate, well, you know, I go think ahead, Josh. honestly. I think that Baker Mayfield would be someone that would really, really benefit from Pete Carroll and his See, style I, I think so too. I, I think, think that's that Pete a Carroll good can bring fit. The best out of people. While uh, politically in Seattle, the fit with, as I mentioned, uh, with the man who kneels, but I think really fitting into the whole philosophy of football. Mayfield is a good fit with Pete Carroll. I will echo you. Guys, it's time for our final shot. Go around the round table of the team and you give a final shout out. We're going to start with Josh. Goodness, goodness. Where to go with this final shot? Mine, I'm I'm going to bring it back to baseball cuz you never give me enough time to talk about baseball. <laughs> uh I'm going to I'm going to shout it out Don't to I Abraham know. Toro who has been just tearing it up this this offseason uh spring training. He's been lighting it up and I'm excited to see what he does. Uh you know, we obviously traded for Eugenio Suarez who I think has potential to, uh, he, a floor of Kyle Seeger and a ceiling much higher as he's coming back from the shortened season and shoulder surgery. But, you know, if he doesn't work out, uh, Toro is a guy that they were really high on when they made the trade for him with Kendall Graveman, uh, a switch hitter that they think has a lot of potential given every day at bat. So I would not be surprised if he gets a lot of looks there at third base to see if he can be the guy moving forward. All right, I like it. Uh, let's go with Garrick Pang. Give us a Pang. Pang us. Get ready to get. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Well, I alluded to this earlier, and it's kind of a cop out because he's not real. But <laughs> but Ted Lasso, the coach from that show, and. <laughs> And bringing it up at the end of the show will remind you guys to go and watch it. Uh, if we have children watching, it's not an appropriate show for kids, maybe just because of the language. But I will tell you, the way that um, the, the show deals with real life and situations with players, so um, and just kind of the, the, it brings a human side to what we often don't see in professional sports. Uh, and, and attitudes and, and how we in the front office. And it's very funny, very well done, very well written. Ted Lasso gets my final shot. All right, I like it. Uh, let's go to the new guy on the team, our visitor today, Dell. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Josh, you might like this. My, my shout out, I got a couple of them. One goes to my, my friend, uh, Clint Hurdle. Clint, Clint is a friend of mine. He is a uh, Got out of baseball a couple years ago. He, he, of course, he turned Pittsburgh around, and uh, he was the, the manager of the, the Pirates. He's back with Colorado as a special assistant to the general manager, and I'm, and I'm happy for Clint. And then my other shout-outs to Dave Joust. Joust uh, Dave Joust was a, a legendary coach, and he was the Mets bench coach last year. He was with the Yankees before that. Now he's with he's a consultant with the Washington Nationals. So he's he's at spring training. We just talked to him the other day. And uh, big shout-out to those two gentlemen. They're good friends. And I wish him the best success. And uh, I just—it's been a good week for me as far as uh, you—you'd mentioned one of my books, Sports Shorts Launched, my first children's book. 
hit number one on Amazon. So that was the first time I've had a number one, so it's cool. Go to My Michelle Live and you can get a direct link so you can hey. pick it up as well. And for my final shot, I want to talk about this gentleman. I'm going to play just a real short diddly from him. He's an NBA star, Bismack Biombo, and he's from the Phoenix Stars. He announced that he will donate his entire salary this year to construct a hospital in the Dominican Republic of Congo. This man is a believer in Christ, which uh, if you know in places like the Congo where there's ministries and missions, that makes a difference and you see the kind of character and hope in this young man his father passed away and it's a part of the reason why he's building this hospital you can watch and listen you know i am extremely blessed that i'm you know i am and was in a position to put him on a medical plane and and evacuate him into europe for better um medical treatments. At this point in my life, my career, I think people back home has to find ways to continue to live even in the tough conditions that we were in. Obviously now it's the pandemic, but one of the thing is that, you know, I wanna give these people better conditions by building an hospital. How sweet is that? So he gets my final shot. Way to go. What, what a way to make a difference. And that's what it's really all about. If you want to be a winner in the game of life, centering in on the things that really matter, checking your worldview. And when you line it up with the Bible, you will have a win. No matter how much it looks like life might be bringing you a defeat, or it feels like you just can't play the game, you stand firm. You keep playing the game. Run that race with endurance and you will have victory that is my final shot and guys i want to thank you so much for joining in today it is such a blast to have you dell you fit in so well will you come back and do this again you just, you just give me the invite. I would love it. And guys, hey, to all of you, thank you. Those of you watching, listening, remember, like, share, and give hope. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.